Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice, nice. Welcome into another edition of The Beer Garden, presented by Oxford Crystal. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, we take a little break from football, get into uh, not a, not really a show about volleyball, but a show about coaching, a show about program building, a show about uh, kind of personal growth with Stephen McRoberts, Ole Miss's uh, volleyball coach. The Rebels go into their match on Friday night at home against Arkansas as the only undefeated team in the SEC. Uh, Ole Miss lost its first three matches of the season and has since gone on quite the winning streak. So we talked to Stephen McRoberts about how it's happened, the process of building a program, and uh, more. We'll get to that in just a little bit. First, let me tell you about Oxford Crystal Highway 6 West in Oxford right next door to the uh, Oxford Exxon, where right now you can get the new Nashville Hot Chick as your part of your pick five for five sixty five. Of course, they've got the Scrambler Breakfast Bowls. They still have the $1 Sprite Slushies, uh, Grape, Cherry, uh, Lemon. And then they've got, uh, as we talked about, those Nashville Hot Chicks. As it gets a little cooler outside, you want to get a little bit warmer uh, on your palate. They'll take care of you there at the Oxford Crystal Highway 6 West in Oxford. Uh, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop it around or you can climb into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll absolutely love the service after the sale. All of those things. Corey takes great care of you. He wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. He'll prove that to you. Again, 662-257-1900. We're also coming to you thanks to the fine people at LB's Meat Market. Greg Jones and the people there at LB's have been with us since the beginning of the beer garden. And uh, if you're coming in this weekend for Square Jam, for the uh, Ole Miss Texas A&M game, whatever the case may be, hey, drop by LB's. You'll be glad you did. It's the freshest cuts in Oxford. Great bone-in ribeye steaks. Um pretty much everything you could want. The picanha, he'll cut you a brisket. I had him do a beef tenderloin for me last weekend. It was absolutely fantastic. Great selection of sausages, uh, fresh uh, seafood from the Gulf, uh, pork, chicken, sides, the uh, stuffed jalapenos are my favorite. Uh, People in my house love the stuffed mushrooms. There's a lot there. You'll love it. Uh, Check it out. LB's Meat Market. It's at 2008 University Avenue in Oxford, right across from Kroger. You can give Greg a call, 662-259-2999. Go to their website, lbsmeatmarketoxford.com. 
Com. We are also brought to you by Community Mortgage. It's located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. It's more than 30 years old. It's one of the oldest mortgage companies in the Southeast. All of the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis, so you're getting local underwriting that understands your market. It's also the leader in condo financing in the Oxford market. So ask Jason Lowe about Community Mortgage's float-down option, which allows you to lock in the current rate. But if rates go down before you close, you can get the lower rate. It's J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Now here's Stephen McRoberts. Take a listen. Stephen, welcome into the podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm going to start here as uh, you and I are both 49-year-olds. I think you're you're secure enough in your age to admit this. Every time you guys win, you're hitting the ice cream parlor and you're doing these, these ice cream celebrations. And as a fellow 49-year-old who probably struggles with metabolism issues. I'm curious, how the hell do you keep the ice cream off your waist? <laughs> uh, well, I, I buy bigger clothes, so that helps. <laughs> so people don't don't notice as much. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. I mean, and and the more we're winning, the tougher it's, it's become. But, you know, it's, it's fun to celebrate. It's kind of a funny thing that's developed over time, and, um, I probably should have uh, picked a healthier alternative for uh, our winning team. Um, the la- uh, last year, we weren't too worried about it. I wasn't eating much ice cream last year, so maybe, <laughs> maybe I got comfortable with that. And now that we are, um, yeah, I definitely, especially road trips, when we come back, I got to hit, hit the pavement hard, getting some runs in to shave off those pounds. Yeah, you, you're doing a lot more celebrating, which means a lot more ice cream. And that, that leads me to where I've, I was telling you before we got started. Believe it or not, your team interested me. And, you know, I mean, full disclosure, we, we don't cover a lot of volleyball. We don't cover a lot of the other sports that aren't football, basketball, baseball, because those are the mainstream sports. But sure. I was I was listening to you, you, you and uh, uh, Coach Mott, Matt Mott, always speak before uh matt luke on mondays at the uh the football press conference and you had just come back with two things interested me one the preseason when i asked you a really bad question and you gave me an interesting answer that piqued my interest i asked you if this was your most athletic team and you said well i don't know not really maybe but we're we're we've changed we're different and so that piqued my interest and then you guys went on the road to open the season maybe it was at home to open the season you played three really good teams right you lost at home at home you played three really good teams at home and lost all three matches and so on that monday i sort of expected to see uh or to hear kind of a yeah you know we got to get back to the drawing board we got a lot of work to do and that's not what i heard i saw i, I think i told you you were the most upbeat optimistic 0-3 coach that I'd ever seen. And it really, it seriously, man, it piqued my interest. I was like, wait a minute. He saw some stuff he liked in losses. And sometimes that happens, especially early in the season. Sure. And, and none of the losses, obviously, were, were going to be RPI killers or whatnot. I mean, the se- your season wasn't lost. It wasn't all over. But you were, you were kind of pleased. And since then... You've been eating a lot of ice cream because you guys haven't lost. So that's what piqued my interest in doing this. I'm, so I want to go back a little bit. You've been at Ole Miss since 
I think early in 2014. So you've been here a while. You've had yeah. you've had success. You've had a, a solid program, a stable program. Uh, you've won, but you haven't been able to get to that level that I know you want to get to. And now it appears I know you're not there yet, but it appears you're a hell of a lot closer today than you've been. And obviously, you had to kind of make some changes in in, in your approach, in the way that. That, that you coached in the way that you recruited if you could just kind of take me through a little bit of how you, how you got to this place where you said hey I've got to recruit a different kid I've got to recruit a taller kid it's not about athleticism necessarily it's not necessarily about the way we're doing things but if I'm going to get to the next place I've, I've got to shake it up yeah, I think that was one thing going from um, you know, uh, University of Central Arkansas to the University of Tulsa to here is along the journey kind of seeing how to compete in those conferences and what you really needed and coming in without really understanding the SEC, without really knowing the league, it, it took me a couple of years to kind of figure out exactly what I thought that we needed to be successful here. And we're we're not sitting in a hotbed of volleyball players. It's not like I can sure. uh, go, up, go up to Memphis and fill the team or Jackson, Mississippi or, or Birmingham. If we're talking about like, uh, we're really, we got to get outside of about a five-hour radius. So part of that, too, is the program, the two years before our team had finished at the bottom of the conference. And so... Now you're kind of working, and we're always two to three years behind as soon as you start a job. Um, it's going to slow up some now for, for incoming coaches, new coaches, because of the new rules that are put on us. But, but at the time, some people were two classes out, and here we are coming in trying to start something new. And uh, we, we took a chance on some players that we thought would develop and and some did, some didn't, some were hit and miss. Uh, we had players from the last regime that were good players that weren't great fits, and um, some stuck around, some didn't. There was a lot of this influx, really, for about three or four years of a lot of in and out. And even within our staff, uh, a few things happened. So, uh, but, but with that being said, what I noticed is the teams that were at the top of the league, uh, consistently Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, Texas A&M, they just had more size than we did. I didn't always think that they were better volleyball players, but they had anywhere from two to five inches on us in any given position. And so when you play a lot of these 25-23 sets or you lose by two or you lose by three, you go back and watch film and you see in there two or three points where the ball was, um, you know, at the top of the net, just like, you know, uh, for your basketball audience, when you say the game's played above the rim, when you have players that can play above the rim, you, you've got a better basketball team. Um, and so it's the same way with volleyball. If you've got a lot of players that can play above the net and get there faster, you may have a 5'10 player that can touch 10'2", but it's gonna. And, but if you have a six-three player that can touch ten-two, she's gonna get there faster. <laughs> and it's just you know length. And so we have a team right now with with more length, more size. 
making some of those plays that we've envisioned over the last couple of years that we would need to take that next step. And we've got four seniors that have stuck it out. We're through the ups and downs, and um, you got to have that too. That's one thing that I kind of thought with us because of the way we have to recruit. I thought the way we'll be competitive is to have hopefully have a couple of good recruiting classes in a row, and they train and they grow and they are loyal. They and they work together, and then when those groups are seniors and juniors. Now we got a shot. We got a shot to be competitive because we're not going to have at this point that top ten recruiting class where all of a sudden we plug in three freshmen. You know, Florida recruits the national player of the year last year. They plug her in right away, and of course she's at the top of the league with with attacking. So we haven't had that yet. We're, we're we feel like we've got two or three classes counting this freshman class coming in right now that can definitely. Um, start moving us in that direction, but it took some time. And um, but I'll put a lot on on these seniors and how they work their butts off to put us where we're at right now. When you when you started zero and three, I know you felt good about it. Could you tell that the kids felt good about it, or did did you sense a little bit of did you, did you have to give kind of a, a, a different kind of a pep talk at that point? Because you know you you spend all that time in a, in a preseason. And, right. you know, the season starts and, and you never really – no coach in almost any program really knows exactly what he or she has until you lace them up, if you will. And you lose to Rice. Right. You lose to Iowa State. You you lose a close one to UCF. That uh, that next Monday, September the 2nd, did, did you have to kind of give a pep talk or were they okay? Well, you know, and then we have the day off there, so you're kind of wondering, all right, um, how are we going to come back Tuesday? And um, and going back to those teams, I mean, Rice is now a – they were – I was really disappointed that we had lost that match. And now they're something and one, and they're ranked, I think, 22 in the nation. Iowa State's been receiving votes in and out this year. Same with Central Florida. So, like you said earlier, none of those were a bad loss. And, and we lost in three on Friday. Then we lost in four on Saturday. Then we were up 2-0 on UCF on – Sunday and let that one get away, and that was probably the one that all of us were the most disappointed about. And if we got that, if we have that one under our belt right now, we're probably five, six, seven RPI points even higher. Um, but when we came into the gym on that Tuesday, I saw a group, and again, this is probably the benefit of having senior leadership. It just looked like a group that was determined. Uh, when we left the gym on Sunday. Uh, nobody was happy about being 0-3, but what I saw in that match really piqued my interest with this team because we're playing three teams that are top 25 worthy, and Saturday and Sunday, 100%, we look like we belonged out there. And uh, we've tweaked a couple things with our lineup, even through the winning, that has strengthened us, and... Um, and that's carried over. We've, we've won three really close matches during that streak in, in five sets. We won um, at American, which had an, an, had an, has an 84% home winning percentage in the last 30 years. So we've, we've got some really good wins that built confidence. Um, and that maybe that was one of those things, too, that we just were missing were, were confidence in the big matches, and we've, we've got that now. 
How much have you changed as a coach from your first job at, I guess, what, at UCA to, to where you are today? How much have you – just your – your approach to practice, your approach to the way you treat players, your approach to recruiting, maybe your ability to put things in perspective, all of that stuff. How has that how has that changed as you've gotten older, as you've gotten more experienced? Well, I started at Lubbock Christian University, which is and they were an NAI school at the time. They're Division Two now. Um, I was very immature. My, I had two years of high school experience, which I didn't know what I was doing as a high school coach. And then I had one year as a GA at a Division two school. And um, they took a chance on me. And I, I taught four or five uh, classes at the university. I had no assistance. Um, would basically walk out from teaching class. We'd get out on the court and we'd play. Um, I, I just kind of learned as I went, you know, and, and was very blessed that I had a lot of players. I, I was a, probably a more of a go-getter recruiter even then, just being on my own and knowing that I had to go out all the time. And basically what you do is you wait for Division One offers to leave and Division Two offers to leave players and try to catch maybe some diamonds in the rough here and there. And we built a pretty good program, which led me, to UCA, um, which was a Division Two, my first year, and uh, but the, the AD had told me that they were going to go Division One, and that's how I got into Division One volleyball was by them taking a chance on me there, and sliding kind of into Division One. Um, but to answer your question, I I've had to learn a lot um, as a probably more as a role model, if you will, because uh, you know as you become a father, uh, going from, from being single to married, then you have kids, you just start developing a different mindset towards uh, your players, uh, at least I have, because now I see them in a whole different light. I see parents that drop um, their daughters off, and, and trust me, and my staff to, to not only make them better volleyball players, but they're more concerned about uh, their safety, sure. uh, how, how we're going to treat them, uh, how they're going to grow as individuals. Because um, I feel like I haven't done my job if we just win volleyball matches and then they go out and don't know how to live life, or at least, you know, give them some, some good advice and experiences. Um, I've seen that a whole lot more. Like, that's, to me... Um, a lot more important than it used to be. I can remember starting off that I wanted to make a name for myself in volleyball. I wanted to win a ton of matches. That was my main concern, and um, I treated some people uh, and players not in a great way as, as a young coach. And there's still times now that I'll have players that, that have left us here that would, that would say the same thing, you know, and I'm, I make mistakes. Uh, but that's one thing that I've tried really hard to do is, is treat people fair, our players fair, um, and just try to learn um, and listen to my assistants when they have ideas. I've got two really good assistants right now um, and not think that my way has to be the only way. And um, you mentioned this earlier. We, we've kind of maintained average. We've been an average SEC 
team for five years, sometimes a little bit below average and rarely above average. Um, and so you got to look in the mirror and say, what I'm doing and what we're doing is not getting where I want us to go. So I need um, to talk to some other coaches. I need to listen to my assistants with the ideas that they have and even listen to players. I mean, players have some great ideas. And if they know that you're listening and, and that they're part of the process, they're going to be a whole lot more motivated as well. And we've got a, a lot of intelligent young ladies in this program, and it's, it's fun to coach them. Was there a was there a moment that forced you to look in the mirror? Do you kind of remember there being like a, a watershed moment, or did it just happen over time? Well, last year, last year in general was was um, a really tough year for me. I mean, I've I'm in my 23rd year now. I've got I had one losing season in 23 years as a head coach, and it was last year. And I just had to kind of look at at myself, and I had a a couple of life things happen. Um, with me that, that were really tough that, um, you know, you just don't know. I mean, I can, and I don't mind saying my dad had some health problems. Uh, he had been healthy his whole life and had, had some health problems about the time SEC play started, uh, which may, I mean, it just was tough to keep my mind here at times. And then um, one of my best friends, I mean, we've been friends for four years, uh, passed away. And I would have to say that that's, the closest person to me in my life that I've that I've ever had that that I've had that happen, you know, and so sure, uh, just r- really tough for me to be professional and be focused on my team when I didn't really know how to handle myself, and um, I learned a lot from that. But it also, like as the off season came, um, we we handed out a. Um, uh, uh, I've gone blank on what I'm trying to say, but for the girls to fill out where they could kind of, uh, an evaluation basically, and they could evaluate the staff. They could evaluate everything that we do. And there were some really frank responses in those evaluations that um, as a head coach, you know, you first read it and you kind of take it personal, but then I'm like, I'm glad they're honest because these are uh, places I need to improve. And I really worked on that in the spring. Um, I felt like there were some things within our program that I needed to define to say this is where we have to be better if we want if we want to be playing in December. And we worked really hard on that all spring. We were able to go up to that trip on that uh, a trip to Europe in May, and I thought that was a great finding. The freshmen that were coming in were able to go on that as well. Uh, so I'm very thankful to our administration that they uh, paid for us to do that. And um, then had some time this summer uh, where I, I had to reflect, and um, we had a an assistant leave us um, that I'd worked with for eight years and, and, and loved the guy. Uh, he left about two, three weeks before the season started because it just was time for him uh, to go and had to make a quick, Hire and I've, I've hired a, uh, I hired, um, I think I even tweeted this to you. I hired the head coach at Louisiana Monroe, and he had some. Well, SEC. that explains everything. That's right. I mean, that, for, I mean, we that, could we, we could stop we right probably, now. Yeah, just I know the answer. That's why I waited. When in doubt, is just hire a Warhawk. 
<laughs> well, I waited. I waited a long time to bring that up because I knew you would probably cut me off as soon as that happened, and then I, we'd be done. And I, but he's come in and just fit in great, and it's been uh, like I said, somebody who's been in, in the head coaching seat and understands the decisions that I have to make. I understand running a team and can step in when need be. He's a voice in the gym, just like Tori, my other assistant, is. They both do such a good job. And um, we've, we've tried for – now we're in year six, and the culture each year just keeps building. It's just layers, you know, where it gets a little bit better, a little bit better, and this is the best it's ever been. The staff works really well together, communicates really well, and the same with the team. Uh, and so it's – it, I mean, when you're winning, it's easy to say it's really fun. But they work hard every day, this team does, and they're very competitive. And um, so it is. It's really fun to work in the gym and work with a walk in the gym and work with them. So um, I'm kind of curious because, you know, we talked about how you started the season, and then you went down to New Orleans. We talked about this. You beat Houston Baptist. You beat Missouri State. You beat Tulane. You uh, you went to your old stomping grounds. You beat Little Rock. You beat Central Arkansas. You you, you beat Oral Roberts. You uh, you went to Washington D.C. You, you beat Howard. You beat American. I know all of those wins felt good, and 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 winning's fun, and and all of that stuff. And you got to go to New Orleans, and I know it was cool for you to go back to Conway, and and it was you guys had a, a good experience in D.C. except for the travel back and all of that stuff. But you probably know where I'm going with this. In the back of your mind. I'm guessing, and maybe I'm wrong, in the back of your mind you're thinking, yeah, league play starts here soon and, and it's going to be a different deal. And um, i got to, you know, i, I got to see what I've got. And then you guys get into league play and the wins start coming. You, you, you win a dramatic match against Tennessee. You win a dramatic match at Mississippi State. You go down to LSU and you win. You go to Missouri and you win. And you, you beat Auburn at home. And you look up, man, and you're 5-0 and in the league, and not too many teams in the league can say that. And this is a, a league that in uh, in volleyball is obviously stacked. I mean, there just aren't many bad programs in the SEC. All the advantages that you have on the recruiting trail where you can say, hey, you, you can watch your daughter pretty much every every match. The other the other teams in the league can say the same thing. So you know it's it's. Right. I mean it's it's great when you're competing against a non SEC school, but when you're competing inside the league, that's not really an advantage. It's just par for the course. How not surprised were you? But eh, maybe that's the right word. I mean, when the wind started coming in the league, you had to think. Well, I know we're not there yet, but we're turning a corner. Sure, and you're right. Um, I think we've won, and we haven't, uh, outside of the first couple of seasons, we haven't scheduled real easy in our pre-conference uh, matches, and we, we've won. I asked our SID when when that ended, when our pre-conference matches ended. I said, well, you go back and look what we've done you know, for six years in our pre-conference, and she said we've won 80% of our pre-conference matches. So... We've done really well before SEC play starts, and we haven't always done well when SEC play starts. So you're right. Um, we go through all this that, you know, your season's going to be defined by how you play uh, when the lights come on and SEC play starts. And we were welcoming in Tennessee, who was a second-round NCAA tournament team last year. They returned basically everybody but one player. 
They were preseason number three pick in the conference. So getting votes in the in the uh, AVCA national poll, top 25, and it was like, okay, we're going to kind of get to see what, we, what we're made of. We had been on the road for a month, and even to now, we, we are 11-0 and on the road, and we're 2-3 and at home uh, because of that first weekend. We've only played two home matches since that first weekend, so it's nice to, to get back and play a little bit because we have a tremendous crowd. Uh, we had over 1,000 against uh, Auburn on Sunday. Our, our place only holds 1,200, so it was rocking. Um, but you're right. I mean, and I'm not... I can't fake it that, oh, yeah, I thought, hey, we're going to come rolling in and just be 5-0, and and we are the only 5-0 and team. Every every other team in the SEC has at least one loss. This is the first time this program has ever been in this type of position. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, had, like, a guy from Volleyball Magazine uh, call me, and, and, and they're doing an article on us, and... We got votes in the top 25 this week. First time since 2007 that that's happened. We've got a 13-match winning streak. If we beat Arkansas on Friday night, it'll 14 wins would, would match the longest winning streak since the, we've changed to the 25-point scoring era. So there's a lot of good things going on. Uh, but if you look at it, like Mississippi State hasn't even won a match in the league. Um and they had us at their place at one point. We were down two sets to one, and they were up 15-10 in the fourth. So just as easily, and I said this to our team, just as easily as we've gone 5-0, and oh, if you don't keep bringing what, what we're bringing every day, then it can easily go 0-5. I mean, that's just how this league is in every sport. And um, I'm just, I'm really proud. It's like a... Again, too, also as I get older and I, refl- I'm, I reflect a whole lot more than I used to, it's kind of like looking at this program like a, a proud dad. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my kids who are out there um, performing really well, if you will. And I'm also just proud of, of how this program's grown. When we were making the switch between sets one and two on Sunday, we had the band here. And we finally got the band to come and do some matches Last year, it was the first time they'd ever done volleyball, so that was a lot of fun. It brings a such a good environment to the Gillum Center. But as we were making the switch, the band strikes up, and everybody's chanting and cheering in the gym like you can't hardly hear in there. And it it, it, it almost made me tear up. Like oh, it man. was, it gave, it gave me like chills. Like holy cow, are we really at a volleyball match? At the Gillum Center right now. I mean, it was intimidating. Had to have been intimidating to Auburn. I mean, it was everybody was into it. And I, I've noticed, too, that they're getting uh, smarter and understanding the game a whole lot more. Maybe that's the, and understanding our game. And so when things happen during it, you can hear the oohs and the ahs and um, multiple people getting onto the referees when they think something happened. And it, it's just been... Uh, that's been a very enjoyable part of this experience is, is making, uh, hopefully, making volleyball relevant at Ole Miss and making volleyball more relevant in Oxford. On a moment like that, I don't know if you even have a chance to think about it because I know you're coaching and you're in the process of, hey, you know, getting ready for another set and all that stuff that, you know, you're you're locked into game day. But 
do you get an opportunity to look in the faces of some of those seniors who've been with you for a while and and think we've come a long way? I probably should have done that, to be honest. Now that you mention it, it was. Uh, yeah, I think everybody was just on our bench was just so excited. I mean, again, being back home, we it felt weird when we first um, started the match because we we played one game here in five or six weeks, and um, it almost was like being uh, not at a visitors uh, court because we play on it every day, but it just felt different and. Um, the, the crowd just really helped, and they always do. And, um, you know, when I first came, I think we averaged about 350 a match. And now, uh, you know, on Sunday, we almost tripled that. So it's um, our, our marketing makes the, the game day experience uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Lynette Johnson, who helped renovate this building to make it just a, a totally different feel, our competition court from the time we started where it kind of just felt like you were walking into a rec center and it was like a multi-purpose type thing. There's tennis courts on one, you know, on one side of bleachers and just kind of cavernous that way. Sound would just leave. Um, to now, uh, man, that sound is bouncing all over the place. And, and I really, I know coaches play this up all the time, but when it was going on Sunday, I was thinking this is the best environment equal to, at worst, the best environment in the SEC right now. And it wasn't like that for the first few years. So it's a lot of fun to see that uh, come along and, and build. I would guess the confidence level at practice and stuff is different now too, right? I mean, the, the kids the kids have a different approach. I mean, it's, it's human nature. If you're one in four in the league at this point, so not that you quit or anything like that. Obviously, you still show up and you go to work because that's your job and 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 that's what you do. But a little more bounce in your step when you're winning, for sure. And uh, pride and knowing you're playing for something. Uh, one thing that's been really tough for for volleyball in the SEC, in my opinion, and not all the coaches feel this way, and this is why. We don't have a tournament, but um, there's a few of us coaches that feel like, you know, if we had a tournament, the players stay motivated for a whole lot longer in the season. Once you kind of slip out of that RPI range, especially late, they have pride and and they're going to play hard, but you kind of lose a little bit of that edge. Sure. And you know that you see that the lightest end of the tunnel, hey, we've got three more matches, and then we're done. I mean, you know you're done. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, like right now, I think we're 37 in the RPI, uh, probably somewhere in the mid-40s, maybe even up to the high 40s, depending how it all falls. You can uh, get a bid to the NCAA tournament. So we're right in the mix. There's still a really long way to go um, to secure that. And we have a, a really tough schedule coming up. I mean, we play, I think, four or five teams that are ahead of us in the RPI. So um, I think that's exciting because I love the challenge of going out and helping yourself. Uh, getting those wins only helps you. And uh, kind of like that first weekend tournament, those losses did, uh, didn't hurt us. We could have gotten UCF and it would have helped us a whole lot. Um, we got to keep looking at this as opportunities. And I talked to the team today that 
it's 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 going to be an interesting dynamic for us right now because right now we started having more of a target on our back. We've never had that. Not in the SEC. Well, that was my next um, question. You guys, you guys come home this weekend. You're, I mean, you're at home, but your your schedule is at home this weekend. Uh, Arkansas on Friday night at eight o'clock. What should be a pretty fun night if you're an Ole Miss fan. This square jam on the square, and then you have plenty of time to get to uh, to get to the the volleyball game. Tip said uh, I mean, it begins at eight. I guess you you guys tip, or I don't know how you start it. First serve or whatever. First Texas, serve, yeah. First serve. Texas A and M on Sunday at one thirty. Um, you mentioned opportunities. I mean, those are certainly opportunities, and and um, and you're right. You're going to have a lot of people there, and they're going to be excited. But the 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 people at Arkansas or at Texas A and M aren't going to have to say a whole lot to get their kids motivated. They're just going to say, "Hey, we have a chance to to give them their first SEC loss." That's right, for sure. And and either one of them can. Uh, Arkansas hasn't won in the league yet, but I mean, they've lost in five twice. Um, and what I keep telling the team is you got to keep in mind, we know that feeling. I mean, we know the feeling of being close, and then we know the joy of knocking out one of these teams that's, you know, at the top. We get them every, every once in a while. We we'll, we get one, you know, and how good that felt. Um, so, and we're still early in the conference season. This, this weekend we'll put everybody a third of the way through, so – Nobody at this point has said, hey, we're giving up on on this season at all. Uh, we've got to defend home court. We've got all everybody at the top half coming uh, to our place um, this year. And uh, hopefully we can keep the environment going the way we have and, and keep winning for our fans and keep winning for our program. And like we said, I mean, the, the main goal is play in December. Well, I think it's a cool story. I hope that, uh, hope that a lot of people come out for you uh this weekend again friday night at eight against arkansas it is in case you need a, a motivation it's disney night and then sunday at 1 30 uh the scrunchy giveaway you and i don't need a scrunchy but there are a lot of people i was gonna say i know, yeah. I know you you're coming for that yeah you know every once in a while i get in the shower and i see all of the uh, i live in a house of three three girls even though one of them is is uh in Fayetteville now but uh I, I get in the house and there's all the hair products and stuff and sometimes it kind of pisses me off a little bit you know it feels like taunting you know what i mean it feels, I do, yeah totally yeah it just kind of we get in and out a whole lot faster yeah it just it just kind of feels like they're trying to say something a little bit and it's like you know if you got something to say just come out and say it don't leave your hair product laying around but anyway well i, I have one thing that i just want to say too and uh, you know, if you decide you want to cut this out, you can because I know it's gonna—it's not gonna look great on your part. Is the fact that we used to live about probably what 200 yards from each other, something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, you, you invited me on your show. I think probably three years ago. I think I probably brought your ratings down, and you asked me to leave the neighborhood because of it. And my family and I packed up. We left. <laughs> And you said, I will not invite you back on until you at least get some votes in the top 25 polls. So I remember that I was glad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was glad that we could step up. <laughs> uh, it's been a long process for me to get back onto your show. Uh, I feel like everything's come full circle now in my life. I'm going to leave <laughs> this conversation a lot more confident in myself. Um, but, uh, you know, you've helped me feel better. So I just want to thank you for 
uh, allowing me to talk to you professionally again. You know, if only I had the power that uh, that, that you sometimes <laughs> say that I do. If if only I, it would be uh, that, that would be awesome. But uh, unfortunately, that is that is not exactly true. I don't remember the conversation to be specifically that way. But I will uh, I will since you're the guest, let you have the last word. Say uh, thanks, Stephen. I'll uh, wish you the best of luck this weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for covering Ole Miss Volleyball, Neil. I really appreciate it. Take care. Our thanks to Stephen for his time today on the podcast. It's a podcast that is also brought to you by Strategic Partners and Media. SPM is a full-service advertising agency that works with businesses of all types, big or small, Fortune 500 companies to startups. SPM can help your advertising needs for TV, radio, print, and every facet of social and digital media. Look, here's why SPM is really good and different than other ad firms. They handle everything in-house. They don't sub their work out. The writing, the production, the editing is done solely by their staff crafted uniquely for their clients. And lastly, an Ole Miss grad and a Mississippian's partner in the firm. So give them a call. See how great they are. It's Austin at strategicpartnersmedia.com. Again, Austin at strategicpartnersmedia.com. Uh, we'll come back next week. We'll get back to some of the more traditional stuff. The World Series will be set. The Washington Nationals await the winner of the American League Championship Series, the Houston Astros, New York Yankees. Uh, still have some sorting things out to do in the American League, so we'll wait for that. Uh, college football season, it'll be a bye week for Ole Miss. Give us a chance to sort of uh, look at, as we get ready for November, get a look at maybe things shaping up on the coaching carousel. Uh, the NFL season will be approaching the midway point, and it will be the start of the NBA season. So there's a lot of things for us to get to uh, next week on the Beer Garden, and we'll do all of that with you and, uh, then. So until then... Thanks again to Stephen McRoberts. Thanks to the people at Oxford Crystal for sponsoring the show. And thanks to you for listening. Till next time, take care.